iron trappers iron that's what we're doing here all right Dolph we they we we've had them waiting so can you tell us a little about this next venture um uh in terms of operations restorations partnerships sure so um we have uh partnered with the Ladies of Hope Ministries, uh, which is uh, Topeka Case Sam's organization in New York City, to open up Hope House NOLA. There's a Hope House New York City, and she's expanded here to Louisiana, specifically New Orleans, to uh, open up a safe living house for women. Uh, the partnership is between Operation Restoration and the loan. And uh, it's a beautiful uh, five-bedroom home with a big above-ground pool and yard in a nice neighborhood, you know, and because it's a safe house, I will not disclose. But women come can come here uh, and transition from here into society. And Operation Restoration will be providing all of the programming. Uh, They would leave the house and go over to Operation Restoration's office, you know, to do the programming. And when they come back home, like I said, it's, it's home. It's a safe space for women to have, uh, you know, at night when they they sleep, they can rest, you know, because there's a thing of, of, of going to sleep and resting to Uh And they can rest here and they can know that they're safe and they will be taught, you know, because uh, that's another thing. You know, we, we, we all, you know, I had, I, I'll, I'll say this. When I was in prison, I had several roommates. And, you know, uh, my my team members, some, some of my co-workers at Operation Restoration would often tell me that I have OCD, right? Uh, and so I had several roommates over the years that I was incarcerated. And I just knew, you know, because, you know, in black households, you're going to clean up, right? So I just took for granted that everybody knew how to clean up. Well, that wasn't so. And so... I remember this as, as I heard uh, Sarita say earlier, this OG, you know, that's what we call them. She pulled me to the side one day and she said, my baby, because I was ranting about this. She said, how do you know that young lady knows how to clean up? It never dawned on me that she didn't, Takima. And so we will work on even that thing. If that's a thing, that's we're going to work on that thing. But this house is a safe house for women to come and just get their lives on track. The things that Sarita and I talked about we didn't have when we were released, those things will be provided in this house. Through this house and Operation Restoration. You know, the women, we have a a young lady that's here. uh, You know, she got a job today. and She's been home two weeks. Awesome. Right. Uh, But before the job, when she was released, she came to this house. We made sure that she had the PPE because, see, that's a thing now. Right. 
That wasn't a thing before, but with this whole COVID-19, we made sure the house was stocked with protective uh, gear for her, cleaning supplies for her, home room, right? And then she left and went over to Operation Restoration and was able to get some things out of the closet. And what, what whatever wasn't in the closet for her, Operation Restoration provided her with Walmart gift cards to go and purchase some things, those things that were missing, right? And so then there was another organization that we're connected with, uh, and I'll let uh, Sarita speak more about that, where she's able to get some job training and set goals, and uh, the reward is a $2,200 stipend. You know, all of those are things we didn't have. But initial, the initial thing that she needed before she could even focus on any of that was a safe place to call home. And that will be this will be her safe place to call home for up to a year if she so chooses to stay here that long. That is so awesome. Rita, do you want to talk a little bit more about your partnership um, that Dolphinette was referring to in terms of job support for women? Yes. So we um, partner with CEO Works in a uh, initiative that they have that during COVID-19, we know that, first of all, women who, especially African-American women, when they are released from prison, the unemployment rate for them, for that demographic is 44%. And it will be, they will be unemployed for up to five years. It's not they might be, it's they will be. So 44% will be unemployed for up to five years. So we try everything in our power to start chipping away at that percentage and that number because we know that's higher than any height. Even at the Great Depression, I think it was 37% of the population was unemployed. So CEO Works, my uh, Operation Restoration, um, the first 72, a few other organizations, their focus was really on people who had been incarcerated in jails, who are employed or underemployed and need help with setting and retaining job goals or moving forward and what that would look like. So we already provided that service inside of Operation Restoration, but their focus wanted to be on people. At first, they were saying people who had been released within the last two months. But when we started going back and forth and talking and letting them know about certain statistics or whatever, they opened it up and said, we will do people within the last year. Let's really focus on people who have been recently released and see if we can help them with employment and things like that of the sort. And the the stipend for being in the program for three months and really tracking their goals and, and meeting certain uh, milestones is a $2,200 stipend over a three-month period. Um, so it's broken down in that way. And it is happening in different cities across the country. Um, it's not just in New Orleans. There are places in New York and I think somewhere in Tennessee, and the stipends look different based on the cost of, of living there. But it's happening in multiple cities and it's all around the exacerbation of folks who have been incarcerated, losing their jobs or being underemployed as it related to COVID-19 and also just focusing on that demographic as a whole to get them to where they need to be around employment goals. So um, that's one of the partnerships, great partnerships that we have. We have a really another another great partnership with the First 72 where 
one of the programs that we do currently right now is we bond folks out of jail who are unable to bond themselves out. And because we don't traditionally deal with male clients, we're able to send the male clients over to the first 72. And then they're able to send any females or women that they can't provide services for over to um, our organization. Um, and over the COVID crisis, we have been able to release 147 folks wow. from jail. Um, and and the, the great part about it is we're able to connect the women who we bond out to resources. So we've bonded out a pregnant woman, you know, just different things of the sort. And if someone needed housing and they fit the criteria, we would be able to send them to the new house because we have room at the house so they could be housed there, you know, um, or if they want to go and get educational classes, we can connect them to educational resources or whatever it may look like. Um, yesterday we got a call that this big oil refinery was preparing for the hurricane and they had like all of this extra food that they didn't use and that is perishable. So today we went and picked up like 150 loaves of bread and so much meat and cheese. And we're going to be preparing bags. We're going to put some food at the house. We're going to go and pass out food under the bridge. We're going to give it to our students, our clients, and really just any way that we can make sure that we are, um, you know, impacting the community in positive ways and making sure that we're really having that focus on taking care of the women and, you know, just different things like that. And um, a story that recently came out, so one of the police officers who uh, has been charged with the murder of George Floyd, him and his attorney, they are running this campaign around his inability to post bail. Wow. Um, and that he should not have to stay in jail because he can't afford to post bond. So they're asking the community to pitch in and help to bond him out. How and, ironic. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. We've been screaming <laughs> that for years. The issues that we've been fighting and we've talked about and being poor and, and having to stay in jail because you're guilty, you know, the the you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but it's really you're guilty until you're proven innocent. And now he's in the same situation for all the folks that we've been fighting to work on and make sure that we are lifting up their voice. So, you know, I think that this time with George Floyd and everything that's going on has just reinforced the things that we have been screaming from the rooftop for what for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I had not heard that. That is um, extremely ironic um, and just underscores um, the work that needs to be done on the, the criminal legal system. So we're, we're almost at the end of our time together. And I've been doing something with all of our guests, and I would love for you all to participate. It's a little quick game. Um, I'm going to ask you all a question. And if you can answer with a brief one, two, three word answer. All right. Okay. So here we go. So the first question is, um, and Dolph, you go first and I'll have Sarita go second. The first question is how do you define freedom? Waking up.
waking up without worry if I'll make it home. Hmm. Sarita, how do you define freedom? No fear. All right. Dauphinette, what inspires you? I guess I would really have to say that of all the George Floyds that I've seen over the last few years, this movement around George Floyd inspires me to keep hoping. I hear you. I am definitely inspired to see all these folks raise up all over the world. Sarita, what inspires you? Two things. Children. Because um, it just keeps reinforcing to me that we are not born this way. You know, children show you every day um, how we come into the world. So children um, inspire me. And the second thing that I would say inspires me is success that's not supposed to happen. You know, so <laughs> the underdog <laughs> succeeded, you know, all the time, even though everything says that they shouldn't. So even the George Floyd situation, whatever, but success that's just not supposed to happen is always inspiration to me. Like Operation Restoration? Oh, yeah. You know, we weren't <laughs> supposed to do that. <laughs> all right. Last question. Last question. Dolph, Finette, who is your personal hero? Without question, my granddaughter, Carter Blue, Darrensburg. Mm. <laughs> she is. I love you know, my sons, you know, they already say she's my favorite, you know, and I have that. I, I mean, I love all of them. <laughs> God knows I do. <laughs> she's my daughter's daughter, you know. And she just has me, my daughter, my mom, my grandmother, my great grandmother. She has everybody in her. And like to Sarita said, like she's a four year old that tells the absolute truth. Beautiful. Beautiful. Sarita, who is your personal hero? You know, that's that's like a really hard question, but I think who I've been constantly coming back to lately has changed over the years. You know, I was a huge Angela Davis fan um, for a long time because of just like all of the things that she endured and how she, what she, you know, was one of the first people to beat the case, the type of case that she beat in a particular time in history. But the more and more that I get into this work, I think, um, you know, you have heroes for different things. <clears throat> so for me, for the work, it's really Ella Baker. Mm -hmm. And um, 
just recently I have really like dug into how she was virtually like people knew her, but not really realizing how big in the civil rights movement that she was. And a lot of the ideas that the men put forward actually originated with her and that she was able to be humble enough and be behind the scenes enough that she didn't have to scream from the mountaintop the work that she did. Um, she just did the work because that was her ultimate goal and that's what was important to her. So um, I feel like I have a lot in common with her in that way because we do a lot of things that people don't even know that we do. And it's not necessary for people to know that we do them because the people that know that we do them are the people that we're helping. And that's the only people I feel like that need to know. Um, so in this work, I would definitely have to say that my you know, radicalness and abolitionist in me still loves Angela Davis. But I'm becoming to respect the work um, and the humbleness of Ella Baker on a totally different level. Well, I am so happy that you all shared this time with us and shared all um, of what you're doing at Operation Restoration with our audience. I think it's really important that people know what you all are doing, know about this work. And on the list of my personal sheroes is Dauphinette and Sarita. I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I truly do. Y'all know how I feel about you. I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being yourselves, for doing this work and showing up for our sisters. Um, we will make sure that everyone in our audience knows how to find the organization, how to support the organization, how to support the new Hope House New Orleans. Um, and so folks in the audience, stay tuned. We'll be announcing all the ways in which you can find Operation Restoration and support the amazing work that Dauphinette and Sarita are doing. Um, and again, thank you so much for sharing yourselves with our audience. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Takima. And and I I do want to say because uh, you know Sarita got her opportunity to thank you. I I'll never forget, and I shared this with Sarita. She laughed down. I'll never forget those Sunday brunches at your house, <laughs> Takima, when. You know, I, I I needed a a sisterhood at that time, and for you to invite me into your home, I told Sarita, I said, "Girl, I thought she worked for Converge." <laughs> I, I did, I, I, but but what what I meant was like the relationship was so genuine. I didn't even know that you owned some shit. Right. <laughs> I just loved you and how you accepted me crazy as I was, because I was crazy, crazy back then. I'm crazy now, but I was I needed some work done back then. And you invited me, gave me the right address and invited me into your home. And you surrounded me with other black professional women and y'all loved on me and y'all listened to me and you kept inviting me until I was able to show up and do the same thing for other women. 
There we go. So she, thank you. She said I laughed, but I was mad. As soon as COVID nineteen <laughs> is over, we will be having brunches again. Okay, we will and I need the right address again. <laughs> and I need the right address. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much. Our audience is enlightened. And um, (laughs) I really, I I love that they get to hear this part too, because they need to understand that these are relationships and this is Mm -hmm. love. And mm-hmm. the labor of love, why we show up for each for ourselves, for each other, and for our communities because we love each other. So y'all have a blessed, blessed day, and thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>